Memphis, 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 what up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and today we have a special interview episode with Coach James Kane out of Dayton. He was the recruiter for John Morant, and he will share the stories about his recruitment and how he got him to go to Murray State. He shares some stories about Jalen Crutcher, who recruited to go to Dayton. So this whole interview is filled with a lot of good stories from Coach Kane, and I promise you, after this interview, you're going to love him. He is one of those guys that when he talks, it just makes you just completely listen to him. He's so genuine, so nice, and I can't thank him enough for coming on this episode and giving us a little bit of his time to talk a lot about John Morant and his rise to be an all-star. So go ahead and tune in now and enjoy the interview with Coach James Kane. Today's interview, we have with us the recruiter of the dark, Coach James Kane from Dayton University and formerly with Murray State Racers, where he was the recruiter from John Morant. What's up, Coach? How you doing, Dan? I appreciate you having me. We refer to it as in the dark because it's the work that you put in behind the scenes. And that's really what Jaw's doing. And that's really how he was recruited. You found him in a gym, and you weren't even going there to actually recruit Ja Morant. So that's the crazy fun thing. I want to get into a couple of things real quick. One's about Jalen Crutcher. He's out of Ridgeway High School here in Memphis, and he was recruited by you, and now he's gone on to play in the G League with the Greensboro Swarm. Another question I have based around recruiting, do you have your honey hole of cities or states that you look for players in? Or is it about the relationships and about the actual player that might take you abroad wherever as long as the player fits what you're looking for? Um, you know, as a recruiter, you know, depending how long you've been in this business for, you you rely on relationships. Um, and, you know, a lot of my relationships are in the South. Um, when My time at Murray State, I was able to build some relationships with key AAU coaches, high school coaches um, in Memphis. You know, but then sometimes you go to different events here and there and, and a kid catches your eye and, you know, you might not even ever been into the state before. You know, your job is to follow up and follow through. Um, you know, that's one thing that uh, Coach McMahon really instilled in us as a staff at Murray State. And, you know, you just you, you trust your eyes a lot. And then, you, you know, you're only as good as your intel in this business. So uh, you want to rely on your relationships with that. In terms of Jalen, um, you know, one of my buddies, um, you know, well, long story short, he we uh, we had him at Murray State for team camps and elite camps. Um, so we have always known the name uh, and uh, Mac, Matt McMahon did a good job getting him to campus during our camps. Um, he committed to Chattanooga. And when he decommitted, one of my buddies of his AAU coach um, called me and told me um, he was decommitting. So that's when I was able to, it was during the transition that I moved to Dayton and I was able to call him and and get my eyes back on him in April and, and um, you know be able to start that relationship there so 
Um, but, you know, Jalen Crutcher's, you know, diamond in the rough. He was under-recruited, and he's a special player, did some special things at, at Dayton. That seems to be your go-to with recruiting, the diamond in the rough, the player that's under-recruited that not as many people are on. Just like Jalen Crutcher, John ja Morant was under-recruited, very much so, and you found him. So share a little bit about the story of how you found or maybe stumbled upon John ja Morant and recruited him to go to Murray State. Well, you know, every recruitment is different. Um, you know, at the beginning, like you said, not many schools were on him, but toward, I mean, at the end, he had, he had options. Ja had options and staying true to his commitment to Murray State, um, you know, just as a testament to who he is and who his family is. And, you know, he's one of the most loyal kids I've ever been around, his family as well. Um, but, you know, I just I was um, traveling to Spartanburg, South Carolina for a um, for a one day combine to see Tevin Brown, who's on the team now. Um, and, you know, long story short, I ended up in the back gym. Um, you know, Jod caught my eye then. Um, so I followed up that night, uh, called his uh, called his dad from my hotel room, got his schedule for the next day. And it just so happened that. John and Tevin were playing against each other. When I first saw him, he was doing three. He was, he was just playing three on three in the back gym. I saw him live the next day, um, five on five, full court. Uh, and him and Tevin were playing. And, um, you know, obviously I was there for Tevin. And then, you know, they both had tremendous games. Um, and after the game, I I, uh, I just called Matt McMahon. And then, you know, we we talked and, you know, told him about John. And, and you know, Matt did a tremendous job of, of – um, coming up the next day and recruiting him, making him a priority and, and building that relationship. And, you know, the staff at Murray state did a phenomenal job as well. And then, you know, Murray's a special place. So once you get to Murray um, and see it with your own eyes, you know, it's a special place to where kids want to be. Murray state is absolutely gorgeous. And if you have not been there, then you're missing out. The campus is beautiful. I haven't been there probably in 20 years. Okay. Maybe not that long, maybe 15, but either way, I miss it. I definitely need to go back and check out the Murray State Racers. They're doing a lot of good things right now, and they are a hot team. But, Coach, I got to ask you a Twitter question from one of our fans. It was simply, what did you see in Jaw that stood out the most when you first started recruiting him? Oh, well, he actually did a dunk. He did a dunk um, like it was a windmill off vert, and and then he started just messing around three on three. So his athleticism, his smoothness, okay. um, you know, that's that's what that's what really how long and lanky he was. And then um, the following day, uh, he, I believe he had like twenty nine points and a bunch of assists. I don't even know. Yeah. Um, but the way he was able to just move and glide on the floor, and you know how smooth and skilled he was, and you know Jalen Crutcher was smooth and skilled too. Yeah. And, uh, so. Um, you know, when you're looking at guards, that's what you really like to look at, how, how the game comes easy to them. Another question we had from Twitter was just simply, when you're recruiting Ja, you look at his frame. He's very slender. He has a small frame. He's a small guy. He's still a guard. He's still explosive. When you're recruiting him, is that an issue that you're looking at, or is that something that you can overlook because you know he's going to grow into his body? As a recruiter, um, I would say if that's what's holding a kid back, then that's okay <laughs> because that's what I have strength coaches for. Um, 
you know, Jalen was skinny as well, too. So, I mean, you have a strength coach on staff that's able to do his job. And and um, so, I mean, you know, a job gains weight every year. Uh, you know, yeah. when he was at IMG during the draft process. I was able to go down there and see him for a day. And he was with his guys, UJ. Um and you know Trey Draper, and he was able to he was able to um, you know get in the weight room. And, and you know one thing about Ja, he, he's he's determined. So yeah, if he knows what he needs to work on. He's going to work on it. Speaking about Ja's mentality and the determination, were you able to see the chip on the shoulder mentality when you're recruiting him? And does it surprise you now in the NBA that he still has the chip on the shoulder, small town guy, one against all? And he's proving everybody wrong each and every night. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that stood out. Um, you know, he makes his he makes his teammates better. Right. Okay. Without dominating, like without dominating shots. Um, he just makes everyone better. And you see that now, but even in high school, um, and in AAU. And then, you know, Ja, Ja's a you know, the determination is you know, probably a lot of it's because he's been slept on, you know, yeah. his family, um, you know, his family oriented, you know, he has different, he probably has different factors in his life that drives him like his daughter. Um, yeah. And, you know, he probably wants to prove people wrong. I don't want to speak words for him, but just knowing him, um, you know, you know, knowing the family very well. And then, you know, Ja, as a point guard, you have to be a leader, in my opinion. And, and his leadership qualities come from his parents because, those that family serves they serve the community when I was there um when Matt was there recruiting as well when he went to his house and then uh you know job uh, one thing one story I shared throughout the years was um job will come home and train kids with his dad okay in his backyard and you know little kids and he'll be training his sister and you know that's just one way Josh serves and um you know, that's what makes him a great leader and, and determined to be successful. Um, but having a chip on your shoulder, that's that's one thing coaches, in my opinion, that's one thing you can't teach. And, and that's what he has since day one. We're here with Coach James Kane, who recruited John ja Morant to Murray State. But you left soon after to go on to Dayton and start coaching and being the assistant coach there. Something I want to ask you, because I think it's very important when you see the guy you recruited, the player in John ja Morant, did it surprise you at all to see him make the the leaps from his first year to his second year just at Murray State and then to go on to the NBA in that extra leap? Just in this small sample size of five years, what Jaws come from being the guy who you recruited at Murray State to now seeing and what he's doing at the NBA level, which is the highest level of basketball. I mean, knowing Ja and knowing the program that Murray State is and, and the leadership that Matt McMahon has and, and you you come in there and work every single day, you're just going to get better, you know, yeah. and, and instilling that work ethic in, into Ja, um, you know, sky's the limit. So, you know, coming out of high school, I would consider him a late bloomer um, to where he was just scratching the surface, um, you know, going into Murray, you know, Shane Nichols, Casey Long, Tim Kane, the assistants there did a tremendous job um, being able to get him in the gym and work on skill development. I remember talking to Shane a lot and um, sharing stories with him. And, and you know, and that that's just the leadership that that program has under Matt. So you're only going to you're, you're going to get better at Murray. There's you have no choice. And, you know, that's why that's that's why that program is so successful. 
um, and then taking that into the NBA. Um, you know, it's just a matter of time until Jaw got got comfortable. You know, and, and yeah. once once a, once a player like him gets comfortable, it's 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 scary. It's scary for what they can do, and on and you know, on top of his work ethic and the chip on his shoulder. So, um, you know, sky's the limit for him. You know, sky's the yeah. limit for him, and and. Um, we've had discussions and, you know, he could be one of the all-time greats to ever play this game, you know. Is there anyone that you would compare him to? I, I know it's hard to compare Jaw to anybody, and I know that's a disservice really to him because Jaw, he's his own guy, right? He is Ja Morant. But the comparisons are out there. Derrick Rose, Allen Iverson, Steve Francis. My favorite is Stevie Franchise, just because Steve Francis was such an amazing talent in that small window where he was just catching the NBA by storm. So is there anyone that you think that you would compare Ja to? Yeah, I don't, you know, I know everyone, a lot of people ask me that. I I don't want to compare him to, I mean, Ja's Ja's in his own category in my, you know, in my view. And um, I think, you know, obviously you could compare him to multiple people, but Josh Ja, man, and, you know, he, uh, you know, T. Morant was a hell of a player too now. So, you know, he got a little bit of T's game in him and and uh, Jamie as well. So, um, but, you know, T did a tremendous job being able to train him at such a young age and still that. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think your comparison's a thief of joy, so I just, I, I don't want to <laughs> compare him to anybody and just enjoy watching him play, so. Yeah, it's so hard to compare anyone to Ja because he really is who he is. He's his own self, and it's so fun to watch. It's so fun to be a fan because, really, we get a firsthand experience of a guy who's rising to superstardom, and it's so exciting and so fun to watch. But another Twitter question came in, and it's about T. Morant. We know that he's the family guy. We know he's his dad. And we know all about the infamous workouts in the backyard. But was he around at the games? I know you weren't around there. You know, you weren't coaching for Murray State. But was he around during the games and going to the games at home, but also on the road like he is in Memphis? Because he literally comes to every home game and almost makes every away trip. Like It's, it's just so mind-boggling and so crazy. But the support, dude, that's top-notch. Yeah, that hasn't changed. Okay. That, that, as long as I've known him. I mean, T coached him. T coached him in yeah. that game that I watched, uh, him versus Tevin. And I mean, Jamie's at every one of his games taking stats. Um, you know, That's T's crazy. there in the front row. Um, you know, Jamie's there as well. So yeah. Um, the family's always been involved. They've always been hands on. Um, and as far as I've known them. And, and, and you know, I I will say this, they're one of the most unique families I've ever met in the recruiting process because they're so down to earth and they were so humble in the process. Um, they were just grateful. And, and, you know, from my experience, you know, you deal with, you deal with different people in recruiting and, um, you know, I'm just, I, I was just blessed to get to know them and still, and still know them and uh, still had the relationship. And, 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 you know, I'm just very fortunate to be part of their lives now. Were you able to ever experience one of those backyard workouts for yourself? Yeah, I was back there. I was back there a couple times. Um, 
I remember my first time I was getting bit by mosquitoes, man. Was, was, those things were huge in South Carolina. And then uh, if you ask Jamie, they, they had um, they had these crows coming down, you know, uh, like just swarming in, trying to eat. I, I guess there's like leftover food in there. These things were huge. So uh, we have some stories back there. But yeah, awesome. I, was, I was back there. Um, he was out there training every night, you know. And then, you know, what's what's really cool is they would have the on the weekends, they would have the town over. So like one time I was over there and there was like 30 people, 30 people wow. out there just hooping um, and T's on the barbecue, cooking wings. Uh, Jamie's in the kitchen cooking and they're just serving the community. And, um, you know, it was, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen a family do. So, yeah, I mean, he's out, he, he was out there every night training. That's <sighs> crazy. Doing that stuff. So, yeah, most definitely. So I know you're a busy guy with your own team, coaching and all that, but how often can you catch, you know, one of the games with Ja, but also the rest of the players that you recruited and kind of brought up over the years? Are you able to attend games, watch them on TV? Is there any way to keep up with all of them? Yeah, I mean, at night, I, you know, I, I bought the uh, NBA package, so I have it on my on my TV, I have it on my phone, so you know, I'm, I've been fortunate enough to have been around some really good players and, and be in their lives and coach them. So, you know, um, once Jog got drafted, I bought it. And, I'll, you know, I try to catch every game. I try. Um, you know, we, we we talk periodically throughout the week. Like, he had a nice. tremendous game last night. Uh text with his mom this morning. So, um, you know, I, I try to catch everyone if I can. Um, if I'm traveling, it's tough. But then, you know, there's other guys in the league that I've been able to coach, and I, I try to catch their games as well. And then when they play each other, that's that's pretty cool to watch too. But you know, Jaws, Jaws, as as much of a joy he is to watch, he's even you know that much better as a human being because like Jalen Crutcher, for instance, you know, Jaws took him under his wing, and um, you know, kind of mentored him throughout the summer. And you know, the guy's an NBA player; he doesn't have to do that, you know. And 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 that's him giving back to the community. And and I remember Jalen really appreciated that during that time as well. So. Um, you know, he's he's a, he's a special human being. I know he's a great player. He's a special human being. I think that's what brings Memphis to wrap their arms around Ja, the guy who he is. Like, he's so Memphis. He's just, he's one of us. And I've continued to say that because, yes, he didn't grow up here, but he is one of us. You can see him in the streets and, and talk to him, carry on a conversation, and he will treat you just like a normal person. He's also so humble and he's got that swag to him. He's got the Memphis swag. And so I love everything about him. And I love that we were able to get a player that embodies the city of Memphis like Ja does. All right, Coach, last question. Ja Morant should be and potentially is an NBA All-Star this year as well as an NBA All-Star starter taking nothing away from Ja and the hard work that he's put in, the dedication, the drive, everything that Ja has done to work to get to this point in his career where he's able to be named, potentially, an NBA All-Star. How does that make you feel as a coach? Just looking back on it and seeing the guy that you recruited, the guy that has now played through college, and the guy that he is, the man that he has become in the NBA, how does that make you personally feel when you get to see him rise to where he is right now and potentially be an NBA All-Star? 
Um, well, first off, I don't know if it's potential. I mean, I think he's uh, he, he is a starter. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we agree. Right yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, if whoever doesn't vote for him, I don't know what they're watching. But um, but I, it's just you know just knowing where he, where he's the way he was raised and where he came from, and and knowing um, you know how how innocent I would say innocent you know during high school to where um just knowing where they're from small little town and, and just you know working putting the work in and and being a winner on and off the floor I mean it just speaks volumes to him and, and you know it, it's it's great to see him do that and you know watching him's a joy for me you know watching him's a joy um just playing the game with such energy and excitement and you know I'm proud of him I'm proud of his family um you know I'm proud of I'm proud of uh what he's done and, and how he's carried himself and, and how he's handled everything. But, you know, as a 20 year old, as a 20, 21 year old kid getting thrown into the NBA, like he did and the way he's handled it. I mean, not many people can do that. Not many people can do that. And um, yeah, just to, that's a testament to his family, but, you know, to answer your question, you know, it's just, it's a joy to watch just yep. knowing what he's been through and what he's, what he's overcome and, and uh, what he's continued to do. It's so cool to watch because I'm able to see via Zoom the video of you as you're talking about Ja and his family and the proud papa moment, really. Just looking at you as a coach who's excited and thrilled for one of your guys to reach these levels of his professional career, it has to be a great moment for you. And so I'm excited to be able to share that with you. And I'm excited to be able to share this audio with the people because everyone will be tuned in to follow your career forever because we follow our guys and we follow our guys who they rock with. And so because of that, we're going to rock with you, Coach Kane. But we got to ask for one request. Very simple. The Grizzlies are headed to the playoffs, we hope. Unless something just crazy happens this year, they are setting themselves up to head to the playoffs and be in the playoffs once again. Can we get you down courtside next to T. Morant at the Grindhouse when it is rocking playoff basketball? I've been I've, I've actually been to games with T. I've been to games with T. Um, every time I'm in Memphis, um, you know the Memphis the Memphis fans show great love and it's a great place to be. And um, you know Zach Kleiman's done, done a tremendous job building that team and building that roster and and you know, for the future. Cause I, I don't know the ages, but that's a young team and they play and coach Taylor's been, you know, doing a tremendous job, but yeah, most definitely. I, it, it's just a phone call away. We get T, you know, T, T, T would do anything man. he he loves. He loves his basketball. Yeah. T is a character, man. He is always front row at the Grizzlies games and just cutting up, giving it to the other team. It's a joy to watch and it's so much fun, but it will be great to have Jaws guys sitting there front row of a playoff basketball game in the Grindhouse. And Coach, if you have never been to the playoff game at the Grindhouse, man, you're in for a treat. It is a spectacle on itself with the, the towels waving, the Grizzlies fans just going crazy. And this year, I think it's going to be just on a whole nother level that it's ever been in the past. So I can't wait for you to be there and experience it yourself because it's going to be one to remember. 
But Coach, I can't thank you enough for coming on with us, and I can see the authenticity that comes out of you and the joy you have for following your guys and celebrating their careers and their wins. It's so much fun to just kind of be a part of it. But now, I'm a huge fan of yours. Just in this little interview that we were able to do, I see why everybody that is recruited by you loves you and follows you and is really one of your guys because I'm one of your guys now. I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to follow the Dayton Flyers from now on. And Memphis, after hearing this, all of Grizz 901, we're going to be following you and the Flyers, and we're going to be cheering you on for the rest of the year and can't wait to see how the year really ends up being for you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, and you know, I'll be there soon. You know, hopefully they, uh, you know, I get the schedule, playoff schedule, and I'll be able to make a trip soon. So um, definitely looking forward to seeing you. Thanks again to Coach Kane for joining us and being part of this. And looking back on really the relationship that is Ja Morant and Coach Kane all the way from when he was recruited to now, Coach Kane has never coached Ja at all. And it's crazy to think of the relationship and the bond that they have even to this day to where he conti- he continues to see Jaw contact him and really the relationship still builds on and it will go on to, uh, for further and further more. But I'm excited to have him back here at the Grindhouse for a playoff game. Man, that place is going to be rocking and it would be crazy to see Coach Kane next to T. Moran at, a, at the floor, at the playoff game. I, I'm just getting excited thinking about it. But something else I'm excited about is a new series that we're going to start before each game as as much as possible. Okay, don't hold me to everything. But as much as possible, we're going to have Ryan come on and he's going to share a little clip of previewing the next game, the next team. And so whenever we have a new podcast, on the very end of it, at times when Ryan can't be on here due to his availability because he is a busy, busy person, we're going to have him just break down the preview of the next game. And so this will be the Spurs preview tonight that you hear. Uh, It's something that I think you're going to really enjoy. So that will be coming up very shortly. But before then, I have to share some extremely happy news. This was a great interview that we had. But coming this Thursday, I believe that's the day I'm going to drop this, it's going to be the Tom Izzo interview. We were able to interview him, and it was probably one of the best interviews I've ever done, ever been a part of. Coach Izzo could not have been nicer, and he gave us so much time and gave us so many good stories that included Zebo, as well as Jaron Jackson Jr., Xavier Tillman, all their families. And so he very much has a special bond with Memphis and the Grizzlies. And so I think it comes through on the interview, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, Also, another one we're going to do is we're going to interview Coach McMahon, who is out at Uh, Murray State. We're going to interview him and talk a lot about Jaw. So if you're hearing this and you enjoyed the Jaw interview from Coach Kane, well, we have his college coach that's coming up. And I would imagine it's going to break either this week, which I think it's going to be too busy of a week. So look for that next week. I would imagine it's probably going to debut on Monday. Uh, So a week from now, if you're hearing this on a Monday, a week from now. So the Grizzlies are still playing well. They're still, you know, marred by the COVID problems. But don't get down. Like I always say, never too high, never too low. And at this point, 
we're not supposed to win that game. We don't have the players on the court that win that game on a normal basis. So, so don't be down on a Mavericks loss. Uh, we're now heading on to play a Spurs team where we need to get the win, and I think it'll be very important. I think we have the players to get that win. And so Ryan's going to break it down and explain everything about the ins and outs of the matchup. And I hope you really enjoy that. But thank you again for hanging out with us. I know that this interview is was fun, but I, I think that they're only going to get better. So if you enjoyed that, subscribe, share with your friends, and tell everyone uh, because we're going to continue to keep doing really fun things and really fun interviews like this. And when Ryan finally gets done coaching, We'll be able to have him more on and be able to go a little back and forth banter between us. But until then, he's going to keep breaking down these as he did now. So enjoy. Here is our Grizz 901 preview of a matchup on Wednesday night, January the 26th, against the San Antonio Spurs. The Memphis Grizzlies will travel to San Antonio. This is a good division matchup between what everyone thought last year was going to be two kind of equivalent ascending teams, but obviously the Grizzlies have proved they are truly a more transcendent team moving upwards. Um, Grizz, this is kind of an interesting matchup based on the injury report with the Grizzlies, Tyus, Bain, uh, Brandon Clark's questionable from game to game. Stephen Adams being questionable game to game. Dylan Brooks coming back on that ankle. Uh, Kyle Anderson being out for health and safety protocols with Tyus Bain um, and others. So the spot is interesting for the matchup. Uh, but the Grizz, they will have a couple days rest. Their last game will have been on Sunday against Dallas. The Spurs will be coming off a second of a back-to-back against the Rockets. Um, so the Spurs are three and seven. They're not a last 10. What's interesting about this team, the Spurs are 17 and 29 right now, but their expected win-loss record is actually 22 and 24. So this is a team that is kind of underperformed by what we would have spot what we would have expected for them um metrically. So is this a dangerous team? I don't think so, but it is a, this could be a team that could catch the Grizzlies on a bad night, missing out on a lot of players. But the last time these teams played Grizzlies won at home, 118 to 105. That was on new year's Eve. The Spurs were without Deontay Murray. Of course, the Grizzlies are out Deion, Dylan Brooks. Um, this is a Spurs team that plays that wins by committee. Their top seven guys all average in double figures, and that ranges from a couple 11-point a game to Deontay Murray averaging almost 20 a game. Um, but they're fourth in pace. They like to get up and down. They're almost last in three-point uh, field goals, though. But like the Grizzlies, they are first in two-pointers attempt, but they do have a low percentage. So this is going to be a game that is played within the three-point arc. The lineups, if it's the same as Dallas, don't get anybody back. John ja, ja Conchar. Zaire Williams, Triple J, Stephen Adams. Five stars for Spurs, unless something changes over the next couple games for them for this back-to-back. Deontay Murray, Derek White, Doug McDermott, Kelvin Johnson, Jakob Pertl. And the two main guys coming off the bench that contribute the minutes for those double figures is Devin Vassell and Lonnie Walker. So um, kind of giving some, you know, everybody has keys to a game, something like that. This is Grizz 901's good ideas. I didn't want to just rip keys to the game. Maybe that's more simple, but this is Grizz 901's good ideas for the game. And that is to, number one, for the Grizzlies in this game, play with controlled pace. Now, that is not to say to play slow. Obviously, the Grizzlies th- thrive in open court, getting stops and getting out in transition. But they need to get up and down, but they don't need to be wild. Take good shots, attack the rim, challenge Jakob Pertle. Even though Pertle is a good shot blocker and having a career year, they need to challenge him inside. 
The second, and this is the biggest point, keep the Spurs committee off the offensive rebounds um, altogether because this is going to be game that is played in the mud. Both teams live in the paint. That's where most of their points over, I believe, 55-plus percent of both teams' points come within the arc and in the paint. So this is all about an offensive rebound matchup, which seems uh, super elementary, I know. Uh, But, of course, this game is going to come down to me. Turnovers and offensive rebounds. Whichever team wins that battles in the second chance points and the points off turnovers, I believe will win the game. So the game call, what I think is going to happen. I think the Grizzlies actually do win and bounce back from the Mavericks loss. Bad loss. Did not play well at all. But I do think this will be a very ugly game. And it will feel like in the mud, even though there will be getting up and down. There won't be a ton of made baskets. There'll be a lot of missed twos and missed wide open threes. Uh, But I think the Grizzlies will pull out in the end. 103 to 100. Bounce back. Get on the right track. Win again. Get our guys back. So this was the first of the Grizzly 901 team game preview. We'll have more of these. Good luck.